hello beautiful people. Oh, how are you? I mean, last week I came in and told you it was cosmic fuckery and by golly gosh, the cosmic fuckery happened. I hope you are all traveling well and all in one friggin' peace. <laughs> Things are be getting fucking real right now. Um, oh my God, I'm sitting in my closet, you know, this is where I come. It's nice here. Um, there's so much sensitivity around this, this Pisces stellium, you know, is grand, it's exacerbated, it's big and everyone's feeling it. <laughs> you know, there's sort of barely anyone I know not going through something. Um, maybe rose colored glasses, but not going through something, whether it's some sort of transformation, uh, some sort of up leveling, uh, disruption, disturbance, turmoil, catastrophe. It's big, you know, it's big, it's big stuff. Um, ultimately 2022, as I've said, is actually a year of surrender. Like it really is a year of surrender. If you have not sort of called in and anchored your word of the year yet, you know, maybe it's coming to you. <laughs> um, but for me, my word this year was growth. It was growth and grace, but growth. And as soon as that landed for me, I was like, fuck, that feels really big. Growth is always big, but I've got Pluto on my first house. So, you know, transformation, I'm sort of down with, despite being a strong stellium of Taurus, um, fixed Taurus, fixed earth Taurus. My Mars in Taurus makes me much more stubborn. Don't be lured into the fact that every single Taurus sun is a stubborn ass because Mars in Taurus is very stubborn. You know, that's the digging the heels in stuff. And I have Mars, Chiron, Venus and my son all in Taurus. So, um, and, and like I shared, you know, in one of the other episodes, often uh, a Taurus sun will have either Mercury in Taurus, Aries or um, Gemini. And if you're like me, you do have Mercury in Gemini and that makes us very adaptable mentally. So I embrace change. Um, I, I'm happy with transformation, but what's happening at the moment feels cataclystic. You know, it's, it's epoch, you know, it's, it's epochal. Things are shifting at such a rate, you know, uh, this whole year I've talked about it being this sort of this, it's an exhale year in the meaning that it's a yin, you know, I, I look at each month as a yin and a yang. I look at each year, each number and 2022 is a six uh, collective year with all of those two. So it's very feminine. It's a very feminine energy, very much around receptivity, embodiment, trusting your intuition um, and that yin, you know, re restoration, receiving, restoring, you know, regenerating. And that's, you know, this year is a somewhat a year of, you know, getting prepared for what's to come next year. And, and 2023 through 2026 are really big years numerologically and astrologically. And, you know, I'm going to be banging on about that shit for the next however long. I mean, I'm already preparing my 2023 energy survival kit. I have... Uh, you know, people are like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next year. And as an astrologer, I mean, we can look decades ahead and, and see patterns and see cycles. And for me, I, I love to prep people with that information. And I, I do a I do a big, you know, 100, 200 page um, 
sort of journal, workbook, energetic survival kit to help people navigate their year ahead. So I actually still have some hard copies left. They're on my website for sale, 50% off because obviously we're in March now. So I just want to get rid of the last copy. So if you're keen to know what's coming up for the rest of the year, you can jump on over onto my website, tiani.com.au and grab yourself one. I'm already in 2023. You know, I've done all of the moons. I'm just about to go through all of the sort of shifts that I put into the grids in my 2023 energy survival kit. Um, The kits have Lots of stuff from Chinese astrology, numerology, some liquid crystals that I channel. And this year, you know, the 2022 energy, a collective six, uh, it's the lover's card in the tarot. Six is very much around harmony and balance, family. We're in the year of the tiger, the water tiger. And again, there's that water element. This year is very watery. And of course, you know, because you can't make this shit up, Um, the astrology is really mirroring that with Jupiter, Neptune, and at the moment, the sun, um, of course, because it's Pisces season. And on the 10th uh, of March this week, we have Mercury joining the Pisces parties. But Mercury will, you know, fly through Pisces um, and and make some lovely little conjunctions uh, to Neptune and Jupiter, which are really beautiful for the mind and imagination and intuition and dreamscape. You know, our inner landscape at the moment is... What feels like being, you know, the word is like rewired, repatterned. And there is really this this energy of gentleness. And as much as things are feeling harsh right now, you know, we are being called on to go within, to go to nature, to go to the water, to go to the earth, to go to the trees, to to be in breath work. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't miss anyone. You know, we're all humans, you know. I think that in this spiritual entertainment industry, what I like to call it entertainment in air quotes, as you can see, I'm doing them. You can't see, but I'm doing them. Um, uh, you know, people love to talk about spiritual bypassing. I'm like, fucking hell, like spiritual bypassing? Like that's, to me, that's just not even a thing. I've been talking about human bypassing for years because for me, being spiritual is the easy part. It's very easy to just do a ritual and meditate and drink cacao for three hours every morning. Like that's easy. But what do you do when you can't just set aside three hours every day to be in a ritual, which is often a distraction to real life, right? Like, what do you do then? So the human bypassing is very, very real, especially in the spiritual community. <laughs> you know, humans that are more muggle-ish, and that's okay. It's all good if you're a muggle. We love you. We love you. We love you. Um, but if you're more muggle-ish, you know, the, the real world and the... Um, you know, you're not sitting in ritual, you're doing those things that becomes more of a practice in its own, in its own um, aspect for you that becomes spiritual, right? But for these spiritual communities and leaders and gurus and all the fuckery that's out there promoting all of this stuff, I mean, their human bypassing is huge because it's easy to be in meditation or to be constantly processing something that triggered you fucking three weeks ago, right? Like it's, it's easy to go to Bali and, and escape and have someone serve you hand and foot, all of your food uh, while you're swimming in the pool and being this spiritual mentor. Like that's fucking easy. Like anyone could do that shit, right? But being enlightened is how you do it all in your four walls when you know, your house is flooded, you've got nothing left, you're having fucking problems or or whatever it is, you know, like your car broke down, the human stuff, you've got washing to hang out, you've still got to go to the fucking netball game, you've got groceries to do, like, you know, 
human bypassing is rife in the spiritual community. Um, and when we really get down to the nitty gritty of it all, we're fucking human, right? Like we are human. And at the moment, you know, the collective human is hurting. And 2022 really genuinely, darlings, is is a year that I ask you to get your priorities in order because 2023 is coming with guns blazing. And again, there is never anything to be scared of. I always say everything to watch and nothing to fear when it comes to astrology. You know, nothing ever happens to us. The, the, the planets aren't making things happen. They're revealing things. They're revealing truths. Uh, if you've been pushing shit under your rug, those rugs are gone now. You know, you cannot, you cannot hide from your shit anymore. You cannot inject your face to make your shit go away so that you feel better. You cannot um, have the affair and then, you know, pretend everything's okay and get back to normal and, and think that, you know, that's facing the problem. Like, there are there is nowhere to hide right now. Pluto is coming to his very last couple of degrees of Capricorn. We have never seen this in our entire lives. None of us that are alive today. Pluto is the destroyer of truth. And anything that is a lie and anything that you are not facing, he will reckon you. Okay. And I actually called, I think it must have been, was it 2020 or 2019? Uh, I called the year of reckoning. Uh, maybe it was 2020. I can't remember because I've been sort of doing these sorts of uh, my, my energy survival kits for a few years now. This is my second year selling them hard copy, but they were always digital. And, you know, each year I really tune into that feel energetically. And whilst it might not feel sweet and soft and subtle right now, that's the invitation is us being sweet and soft and subtle and all of this watery Pisces energy is amplifying things. It's making us all feel super emotional, super sensitive. But the duality of that, especially this week, is with newly newly wed. I want to say newly wed because it's just super cute because Mars and Venus have been traveling for an exponentially long time together. Their, their, their little sojourn doesn't often extend as long as it has. Um, Venus and Mars, you know, the lover and the fighter, but they're a couple, you know, Venus and Mars love each other. Um, they are the masculine and feminine darlings. You know, it's what we are dealing with every single day. It's the anger and the rage, but the love and the harmony. Yeah. So dealing with our own inner rage or inner harmony or inner peace or inner anger or anything, you know, especially, you know, some people have, you know, difficult Mars uh, placements. I mean, I've got Mars in Taurus and Mars doesn't like to be in Taurus, but I must admit, I don't mind Mars in Taurus as a place of detriment. Um, it's the only planet I've got in detriment. Um, and I don't hate it. Um, it does make me super fixed sometimes though on shit and immovable, like an immovable rock. Like, you know, I'm sure my husband can vouch for sometimes he can be saying something and just looking at me and I become the bull and I just stand there and I'm not moving. I'm not budging. <laughs> um, but I am lucky that I've got a lot of air in my chart. So, um, you know, that, that, that mutable Mercury Gemini does keep me, you know, wanting to mentally uh, make changes and transform and be open to and curious about lots of stuff. But, you know, we're, we've got this duality happening with, with Mars and Venus who entered the zero, zero, this anoretic degree together, seven minutes apart on Sunday um, 
here in Brisbane, it was Sunday. I'm pretty sure it was Sunday. Um, I'm pretty sure it was a sixth everywhere, actually, even the Northern Hemisphere. Um, so this zero zero point is being reactivated from December 2020 when Saturn and Jupiter hit the zero zero point of Aquarius. Um, the zero zero point is like the ground zero. It's anoretic because it's the very beginning of the new sign. It's the most purest part of that sign. And this zero zero Aquarius point also has this incredible fixed um fixed star like there are many fixed stars in our solar system um and it's and and it's the fixed star of the eagle constellation you know i really think of this sort of thunderbird energy it's very air of course because aquarius is a fixed air sign um and this fixed star altair um from the eagle constellation really to- you know is really toning and setting the reference point because we had the great conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter, which is their brand new 20 year cycle in the air sign of Aquarius, which of course Aquarius is, you know, innovation, genius, revolution, technology, science, you know, this is sort of when everyone's like, Oh, you know, it's the age of Aquarius and, and, you know, the age of Aquarius, it's a debatable thing that, you know, I could get lost in, in a, in a rabbit hole for years because maybe when Uranus was discovered, that's when the age of Aquarius started, you know, we've been feeling that age of Pisces for a long time, I think. And that's because a lot of planets were in Pisces there, especially Chiron for seven years. So there was that real sort of martyred spiritual oneness stuff going on. Everyone really moving into the spiritual yoga meditation. So the Pisces, movement really did happen but yeah the debate is that when Uranus was discovered um don't quote me it's back in 17 something or maybe not I don't know I don't have any notes on me today I'm literally just like banging out stuff today before I do school pickup um but yes you know that's been you know that's it and and yeah we're gonna have Pluto move into Aquarius you know um off and on he's teasing us for a little for a couple of years um which is the first time in our lives that we will see Pluto in Aquarius. But again, one planet moving into a sign on one day doesn't denote the age of Aquarius is here. But what I'm loving is the Saturn and Jupiter great conjunction was really, you know, really significant. You know, it was a really significant thing. Saturn and Jupiter together are, you know, way showers. If you've got, you may have a Saturn Jupiter conjunction like me. I do. Um, if you are an 81 baby, um, you know, this is the, these people are the way showers. Yeah. Like they're the way showers. I really love that word. I think that it's great. Um, they, you know, they're showing a more empowered way to live and ushering in new energy and the Saturn Jupiter conjunction. I mean, Saturn is restriction and Jupiter is expansion. So they're actually quite a little duality of opposites. Actually, Saturn is boundaries and Jupiter is limitless. Right. So, these two together can be quite the contradiction, but actually they're setting up something that's pretty magnificent. And this can be, you know, grounded idealism, you know, really structured visions that you can take action on. That's why a Saturn-Jupiter conjunction native um, is someone who, you know, does the work and is able to stay rooted and grounded and anchored, Saturn, but also extremely big and expansive and be a teacher and be connected to the world, Jupiter, right? They're social planets. So when they come together, they're giving us this new social, uh, you know, reference point. And that happened in 2020. And now we've just had Mars and Jupiter do the same. I'm sorry, Mars and Venus do the same thing. So 
and and because this zero zero point was reactivated again, you know, there's something, you know, new, you know, we're wanting something new, you know, Venus has been in Capricorn for such a long time for months and, you know, relationships are going through huge shifts right now. Um, I spoke heavily about this last year. I'm sure on my Instagram page, you can still find a little thing that I did. I'm pretty sure I did something live on Instagram, Tiani Talks, um, because Saturn in the sky and Uranus in the sky are both actually making a really hard aspect to one another. And 20 years ago, they did the same thing in the same signs, but opposite. And what I mean by that is right now, Saturn is in Aquarius and Uranus is in Taurus. But 20 years ago, Uranus was in uh, Aquarius and Saturn was in Taurus, right? So uh, there's a lot of groundbreaking shifts happening in relationships. And the fact that Venus, the relationship planet and Mars, you know, the divine masculine, the male counterpart, um, you know, no matter what beautiful relationship or union you're in, you know, we all have Venus and Mars in our charts and we have Venus and Mars representing both parts of those divine masculine and divine feminine. And I'm not saying those two words in real wanky ways either. Like, oh my God, you've got to heal your divine, blah, 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 blah. Like, no, it's, it's deeper than that. Like I'm talking from a planetary cosmic perspective. Um, so having those two now reactivate this zero, zero point and this fixed um, star of the eagle constellation, which is all around the sun god and um, calling down the firepower, you know, like firepower from the heavens. You know, like I said, this is the Thunderbird stuff. Like we're moving into the air territory. Venus has been, you know, deep in the earth, you know, her roots have been in the earth. And now she wants to expand and 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 tap into her inner genius again. She She's fucking restless, man. Like Venus in Venus in. Aquarius, I mean, Aquarius in general is restless energy. You know, we're desiring freedom. We're desiring change. I mean, the one thing that I'm loving around this Aquarius, because we've still got Saturn in Aquarius, remember? So Mars and Venus are going to make their way up to Saturn, which is a bit of a big deal. You know, Mars will only hit Saturn every two years, um, Venus a little less. But, you know, what's happened is, is that um, a new word that I learned because astrology is infinite and never ending is besiegement. And the, the word siege is there, that Venus is in between these two malefics, Mars and Saturn. So Mars and Saturn in the sky are malefic planets, right? So they are testing, right? They are very, very testing. Um, you know, Mars is impatient. <laughs> He's an impatient motherfucker. He wants shit and he wants it now. And Saturn's the absolute opposite. He is like, he tests your patience because he's like, no, I am not giving you what you want. I want you to succeed and you need to pass the test. You know, Father Saturn, he's my homeboy. I mean, I'm a day chart. So Saturn is totally my, you know, he's my benefic planet in my chart for me. Mars is my malefic planet. So ultimately we have Mars or Saturn in it for all of us, either he's our malefic or our benefic based on our sect light, which is if we're born in the day or the night, um, if we have a day or a night chart. So the thing is, is that these two are coming together in Aquarius, which, you know, it, 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 you know, it could be better, could be worse. It's not the worst sign to be coming together in, I must say. Um, but Venus is sieged in the middle. So she's traveling in the middle of these two malefics. So anything Venusian themed, love, relationships, money may feel, you know, values, may worth, may feel hostage, may feel like a sense of they're being trapped, like you're being trapped. But like I said, what I'm loving about this Aquarius energy is Aquarius is the sign of the collective and humanity. And 
If you are in in, um, Australia, you will know now of the absolutely devastating floods, which of course I spoke about last week in the potty. But, you know, the community that is pulling together, like a community comes together in a natural disaster. I mean, that is worldwide known. Like that is where the collective consciousness expands. And that is Aquarius. And we've got, you know, Uranus, the planet that rules Aquarius in in an Earth sign. And this is something that, again, I've been prepping people for years is that the Earth is changing. Um, The Earth will not be the same when Uranus leaves Taurus. Uranus is Uranus is the planet, the great awakener, the disruptor, you know, great changes come and Taurus is the earth, (laughs) literal patch and mama. Like you cannot get more of an earth sign than Taurus, my darlings, as much as we love our Capricorn and Virgo folk, Virgo is a mental earth sign and Capricorn is actually quite earth, probably more earthy than Virgo, but more ambitious and driven. Taurus is the earth. Taurus for me is patch and mama. Okay. Cancer, I have this other feeling with, you know, she's like, you know, the supreme nurturer, you know, of the earth, you know. So those two signs for me really encapsulate, you know, Mama Earth, right? But Uranus being in the sign of Taurus, Taurus is slow. Taurus does things slowly. And again, if you know uh, strong Taurus archetype people, and we all have Taurus somewhere in our chart, even if we do not have a planet there we know that that's where everything takes time it's slow and steady it's ease it's getting the roots right getting the foundation right you know a Taurus is a slow and steady wins the race sort of person again depending on you know they might have a you know really quick moon like a Gemini moon so they're just fast-paced and doing all the things you know like they might have a quick Mars as well so they're so they're really active and energetic but but the archetype of, of, of Taurus is slow, steady, persistent, tenacious. And Uranus doesn't like to be in the sign of Taurus because Uranus likes to get things moving and, you know, let's change, change, like, you know, flip over here and let's be spontaneous and, oh, we're feeling restless today. What will we do now? You know, like, I, you know, I talk like I'm the planets because I fucking am and we all are. But, you know, these are the sort of conversations I have every day, those and then with my cat. So, you know, welcome to my crazy, crazy life. Um... But, you know, for example, when Uranus entered um, entered um, Aries, Aries first, you know, fire, me, now, quick, win, competition, all the things, Fukushima happened the day, the day that Uranus ingressed. And I mean, and that information comes from the Leo King. You know, the Leo King is one of my favourite astrologers. And, you know, he references these incredible past things. He's like a fucking historian. He's so awesome. Um, and, and it just makes sense, right? You know, Uranus is fast paced, quick now, want it, go, go, go. And, you know, Fukushima happened the day that Uranus moved into Aries. But what happened the day Uranus moved into Taurus? Not a whole fucking lot. Let me give you the hot tip. But what I have been doing is prepping people to say slow and steady. So the earth is going to change. We are going to see a lot of natural disasters, you know? Yes, of course, climate change. I'm totally on that bandwagon. Absolutely. And it's not a bandwagon, but you know, I'm there. I'm here for that. I I absolutely agree with a lot of stuff that's changing, but I believe in astrology and the cycles and what's going on. And Uranus in Taurus is changing the earth. And because we have the moon's nodes in Taurus and Scorpio, again, we've got this very Uh, fixed earth um, and fixed water so we're going to be seeing um, especially around eclipse seasons for this year especially and a little bit of next year we're going to be seeing these big sort of uh, you know earthquakes volcanoes I mean when the nodes shifted into Taurus and Scorpio 
we had the volcano that happened earlier this year. So in Tonga. So, you know, is it was it Tonga? Sorry if I've got that wrong. I'm not I mean, I never actually watch the news, so I have no access to news or anything like that. So I I can't remember exactly. So please forgive me. But it was in the ocean, it was the one that um yeah, went up when those when those nodes shifted into this these fixed earth uh fixed earth and fixed water. And and you know, and this fixed water sign of the south node is is Plutonian, it's death. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, I'm rambling on about a million things, but ultimately the duality I think of this week is that we're heavy Pisces bound with um, heavy Aquarius energy as well. Two signs that are nearly opposite. Okay. Aquarius is heady, science, arrogance, right and wrong, fixed air, um, you know, but progressive and futuristic and humanitarian and, and, and is able to detach and see the bigger picture and, and, and Pisces is the absolute opposite. You know, they'll be in it and they'll do cry and, you know, everything is big. And like I've said, this, this Pisces sees that everything is exacerbated because Jupiter's there as well. So all of the water that's here, we've got the water tiger year, tiger represents family, you know, this six energy collectively, which is also very, to me, very watery, very emotional, very intuitive, very embodied, um, as Sarah Yip, my beautiful numerologer friend, says that, you know, the six looks like a pregnant woman. So, again, we've got this divine feminine stuff happening this year. And with Mars and Venus both now in Aquarius, you know, they're still traveling together for most of the, the month. However, they are starting to separate. Absolutely. But, you know, they're still very in close quarters. OK, um, remember, Venus is sieged in between the two malefics. So if you're feeling stuck uh, creatively or financially you know, know that this will pass. But, uh, you know, I think that we've got to take, a, uh, you know, a bit from column A and a bit from column B. You know, the the beauty of Aquarius is that it is progressive and that it can be emotionally detached to, to, to get the work done. You know, um, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, Mars and Aquarius people are those you know, very good in, um, you know, and, and the Aquarius archetype as well, you know, it's very good in emergency situations, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I can step back emotionally, I know what to do here, you know, I know people who are ambulance officers with Mars in Aquarius, Sun in Aquarius, things like that, they've got that level of cold detachment, which really works in those situations. And then we've got all this Pisces energy, which is about compassion and kindness and empathy and being gentle and tender. So there is a little bit of both going on this week. Um, and I think that it's important to grieve and to cry, you know, this year, especially the first half of the year while Jupiter's in Pisces, you know, and, and all of the water seasons. So Pisces season, Cancer season and Scorpio season, it, it's, it's going to feel like a lot, you know, and I think that that, you know, might come to most signs is that it's going to feel like a lot, um, you know water is everything water is in our body the ocean the moon moves the water and we need tears to grieve we need to let go we need to process and then we use that Aquarian archetype to go okay you know and and see things see things from the bigger perspective what am I doing to help the collective consciousness right now with with who I'm being and what I'm doing and how I'm acting you know, and this is where we want to plug into this beautiful Pisces energy to be kind and compassionate and to be patient with people and 
to give people hugs and to give people space. You know, everyone to me at the moment needs a wide berth, you know, and and Aquarius archetype is very much that. Aquarius needs space. They often feel like they're from out of space, um, but they need space. You know, Aquarius archetype is freedom. Yeah, freedom, space, give me the space. So, you know, as I've said, 2022 is this year of sweet, subtle surrender, I called it. Because if we're forcing and pushing and trying and, uh, you know, like, and and contracting, it's going to be harder. So it's sort of like trying to hold something in your hand. But as soon as we let it go, what needs to stay will stay and what needs to go will fall away. And that is the mantra of the year. What needs to stay will stay and what what needs to go will fall away. Like that really is the mantra because the pushing and the forcing and the control, you know, will be met with strong edges this year. We're really, you know, three months into the year, we're being shown that, that what are our priorities? What's important? What are you spending your time on? Who are you spending your time with? What are you spending your money on? Again, we're, we're looking at very Venusian things this year because the North Node's in, um, in Taurus, which is ruled by Venus, right? So what's important? And I just love how the six energy goes in with that. And of course, the water tiger, which is around protecting the family, family first, Um, you know, it's about before going to change the world and wanting to do all these things, you know, change yourself, you know, I mean, I know Gandhi said, you know, be the change you want to see in the world. Absolutely. But there's also that element of, you know, rake your own leaves, you know, clean up your own space. You know, I think Mother Teresa says it, that, you know, if you want to change the world, start at home, you know, make your bed. Uh, be present with your loved ones. Um, yeah, clean up your own laundry before you go into someone else's life and tell them how they should live or what they should be doing, you know, and this is where priorities come into it. And I think that this has been a big part of the overview of 2022, which, you know, I've written written in my 2022 Energy Survival Kit and I've been, you know, I, I want to get my a, a vlog out on the 2022 overall energies. Um, I, I just, it's just another thing that I, that is on my to-do list that hopefully I'll get done at some point. If not, you know, the astrology, 2022 astrology podcast is there. My nodal masterclasses, you know, on my website for sale for 30 bucks for two hours of, you know, great stuff to look at where these nodes are happening in your own chart, you know, know your own chart, know your own self, uh, before interjecting into what everyone else should be doing, you know? And I think that that's, that's where we need to come back into our own energies in 2022. You know, what are you focusing on? You know, like the, like the eye of the tiger, literally, like when you watch her go for her prey, she is not distracted by what's going on to the left and right. Her eye is on the prize and she will, she will hunt what she needs to hunt. And not that I'm saying that we're going to be like ruthless or relentless, but the hunting, you know, what, what you are focusing on, if it's scattered and, and sort of splayed everywhere, you know, it loses its traction. It loses its energetic frequency. So this is a time of sharp, laser sharp focus and intention on what matters, what's important, what really matters to you. And I think that that's been really my overall invitation for 2022 because, like I said, 2023 through 2026 especially, I mean, this whole decade's pretty huge, but those few years in particular 
um, will be especially, you know, will be very disruptive um, numerologically as well. So, you know, this is a time for us to know ourselves, to stay anchored in to our own purpose, to get focused, to prioritise, to love, you know, love. Love is the answer to all of the questions. And, um, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about relationships coming up, I'm sure. I wanted to, I I did want to have a little focus on relationships, but I'm going to have to go shortly. So, um, because relationships are going through a huge transformation. I mean, six itself, like I said, is the lover's card in the tarot. Um, and six numerologically is all very much around relationships. It's around family. It's around the home. Um, and like I said earlier with that Saturn square Uranus, um, any relationships of 20 plus years, I mean, don't get me wrong. All relationships are probably going through something right now, but especially relationships of 20 plus years. I mean, I've, I've watched the breakdown over the past 24 months of many 25 year marriages just completely dissolved and um ultimately this Saturn square Uranus which was much more heavily inclined last year but still is happening this year loosely as well and and there'll be some tighter tighter orbs coming up later but relationships are a big theme because the north node of the moon is in a Venus sign, Venus's relationships. We've had Venus retrograde to start our year off. We're in a six collective year. So if you're in a per- personal six year, this will be amped up. And even if you're in a personal two year, I mean, look at the twos, 2022. Two is partnership. Two is together. Two is two people. Two is cooperation, collaboration, right? Um, I'm in a personal two year this year myself. Um, and I'm a master number 336 for my life path. So I'm sort of getting a double whammy of this sort of stuff. And I am a heavy Venus chart. So, um, you know, but I just want you to know that there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of shifts that are going on with relationships at the moment. And, and, you know, a lot of it's got to do with the Saturn Uranus square, especially, like I said, for more 20 plus year relationships because of what they went through 20 years ago. It's um, healing a lot of that sort of stuff, but also because the North node is in, um, uh, is in Taurus and so is Uranus, you know, so these are relationship that that's a relationship sign. Taurus is ruled by Venus, which is all about relationships and money. Um, so we can imagine Taurus season, darlings, Taurus season will be one for the records, um, because it's also motherfucking eclipse season. Um, so it'll be our first lot of eclipses, um, uh, which is going to be wild. Um, but anyway, for this week, you know, for me this week, it's just about, there's a beautiful, when the moon moves into cancer, making some beautiful aspects to, uh, all of the Pisces stellium plus the South node in Scorpio, you know, anytime the moon's in a water sign at the moment, there's deep healing, there's deep retrieval that can be happening. So soul retrievals, um, of old stuff for it to be karmically, you know, karmically dissolved, Uh, because we're looking at the south node in Scorpio, which is a water sign. So this week there is some healing. You know, there's some healing opportunities. Um, Plus with all this Aquarius um, energy as well with the Mars and Venus, both just fresh into Aquarius over the next couple of weeks, making a beautiful sextile to um, Chiron there in Aries, which is all about opportunities to heal and growth healing Um, and, you know, healing wounds and, finding love uh, within those wounds and wisdom um, and taking action to make that healing happen as well. 
So I hope that that's given you a little bit of insight and love and joy and yummo for the week ahead. We're in huge times, darlings. To be honest, I nearly even didn't get a chance to do this. My, my workload's pretty, pretty solid this week. Um, and that's because last week was a fucking shit show, to be honest. And I had to actually uh, reschedule like three days of work. So, um, yeah, we're all in this together, darlings. Uh, so much love. So, so, so much love. Mwah.